following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton and we come to you every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. right here in beautiful, wonderful Southern California. And it is a beautiful day out there today, folks. It really is. I'm. We're very fortunate. There's a lot of craziness going on in California and I, I'm going to be talking about some of that. We're expecting to have a guest come on later. Uh, But let me kind of just set the stage for this. For those of you that didn't read it or didn't hear about it, California has voted to eliminate bail in legal cases, in criminal cases. And it's a fascinating thing that is going on there. It's kind of a great societal experiment. And uh, we're probably going to have, we've had a a new young lady join Million Kids. Uh, She's an amazing lady. Her name is Dr. Julie Taylor. She's going to be backing me up and making presentations because, quite frankly, I'm drowning. And uh, about doing the backstroke here, the further this goes, and I need to get my book out. Uh, And I'm only a couple, three chapters away. But um, she is a policy expert, Dr. Julie Taylor. Uh, she has spent the last 10 years studying policy and human trafficking, and she's a professor over at Cal State San Bernardino. And I'm asking her to do a write-up of what this actually means. I was trying to dissect what it actually meant. The whole idea here is that California has five times as many prisoners as they have prisons, and their jails are just you know like a third-world country down there. You can't hardly get another person in there. And uh, so apparently this is a great societal experiment there to do that. Uh, I was reading the pros and cons in a particular article, but so much of what you read today is not fact. It's people's opinion. And um, and so I think it needs to be labeled that. It would appear to me that their first line of thinking is, is that this is for nonviolent criminals. The big problem with nonviolent criminals is the California Penal Code gets really kind of wonky when it comes to what they define as a nonviolent criminal. So many of you have um, helped support us in, in combating Proposition 57. And Proposition 57 out here in California was a proposition that was approved by the voters um, quite frankly, I think that most voters had no idea where this law was going to go or they never would have voted for it. And all too often what happens here is that you actually don't get enough information to um, really make an informed decision. And so it's kind of like Pelosi said, Nancy Pelosi said, you know, you have to you have to approve the bill before we'll tell you what's in it. You know, she didn't exactly say it that way, but it was you have to approve the bill before you find out what's in it. And uh, that's what happened on our Proposition 57. And what happened when you got in there was that they found out. I think most people were thinking, okay, sure, you know, we've got these guys that smoked dope and went into a C store or you know, a gas station and stole some bubble gum and we need to let them out because they're through rehab. But it turns out there are only 13 violent crimes in the California Penal Code. The rest are nonviolent, including sex crimes, including some sex crimes involving children, including uh, assault and battery on a police officer, including sex with a dead person. There were there were a lot of interesting things that were considered uh, nonviolent, including many sex crimes. And so what was happening is, is that um, to just kind of back you up before we get deep into where we're going to go on this is um, what happened is a California prisoner who will not give his name, by the way, just a, a nice brave weenie that he is. And uh, anyway, he filed a lawsuit against California saying everybody's getting out of prison but me and I'm being discriminated against. And Judge Alan Sumner from Sacramento agreed with him. And so they found an organization called the Alliance for Sex 
offender laws or something like that. I'm doing that from memory. Uh, to represent him, and the judge agreed with him, and so now there is this whole thing where they have a court case that requires that sex offenders be included in the early release. And uh, where we're at now is many, many of you sent your name, and min- some of you donated, in which I'm very, very grateful because I, we're a small organization. We can't do a whole lot without your support. And uh, we sent over uh, almost 10,000 signatures up to Governor Brown saying, do not let these guys out as part of the early release program. Well, why am I going off on that tangent? Well, you know, quite frankly, what it's about here is now we've got bail for nonviolent offenders. What we have is stage two of this. And, you know, one of the things that worried me with the um, early release of nonviolent offenders, which included sex criminals uh, and sex crimes, is what about the victim? Many of those victims put their lives on the line to testify to get those guys behind prison, behind bars in prison, so that they could not violate another person. And in that case, now those guys get early release. They came right back to the neighborhood, or they will come right back to the neighborhood, and right back to the victim who put them in there. And I'm saying, well, who's creating laws that protect this? And what we're seeing is so many laws coming out on crime and crime fighting that are counterproductive. Everybody wants to be able to say, oh, this is awful, and I made a law. And very few laws are really helpful in this kind of thing, and many of them are counterproductive. And um, so this this early release bill, I, I or this uh, bail bill, I am very, very concerned that that's going to be one of them. Um, you know, for those of you that are listening overseas or in other states, which I know there's a whole host of you, we have a law here in California that is indeed counterproductive. It is called SB 1322 if you're into legislation and policy and you want to look at that. And uh, the whole idea of SB 1322 is that it basically says that we cannot detain a minor for commercial sex trafficking. Well, that's a problem. You know, before the law said that we could not arrest her and You know, quite frankly, I I understand that there are people who are arresting people in commercial sex, but not minors. Uh, Our team, I have, I work with LA, uh, what am I trying to say, LA County, uh, their their, uh, task force. L.A. City, their task force, Orange County, San Bernardino, these are people who have a heart for the victim, and they are not looking to arrest someone under the age of 18 that's in commercial sex. Now, they will detain them, and if they're drugged, they will help them with that. If they're stealing merchandise or stealing credit cards, sure, there are charges for that. We have SB 1322, and it basically says that we cannot detain the girl now. It was that we could bring her in, that we could, um, you know, investigate, we could talk, we could um, get a search warrant, we could check her phone, and we would use that information in order to be able to help her build a case. So in those cases, we would bring people in six, seven, eight times before we would ever be able to convince her to leave that that pimp. But that law changed, and it says now that we can no longer arrest her, or it went from we can no longer arrest her to we can no longer detain her. And with that, what happens is that, um, you know, literally we can't bring her in. If she does not raise her hand and say, take me, uh, I want to come into law enforcement, we simply can't help her. And so pimps are preying on 17-year-old girls and getting them to be the bottom girl and run the organization and, and like that. And so uh, it is a concern as we see so many of these bills and how they work. I would rather have seen a bill that says, yes, we can even arrest her, but that it if she completes a 21-day uh, program to help her detox and to help her work through her trauma, then her her uh, charge is expunged. 
and has no record of it. And then we have a hope of helping these kids. But what we have is so many activists out there wanting to be able to put their name on a piece of legislation. And that is true of legislators, too, that this thing is going off in squirrely directions. And so based on that, what we're seeing are are laws very similar to the one having to do with the no bail Think about what is going to happen here. I'm going to, in the next segment, assuming we can overcome all these technical issues, I'm going to go deeper into this bail issue and kind of uh, talk about where this is going and, more important, how will it affect our ability to help sex trafficking victims? Because this is like... uh, a constant chase, you know, going on. They they change the law, it gets worse, then we try to compensate and it gets worse and, and like that. And I do not believe that it is necessarily helpful in this situation of being able to overcome uh, all the obstacles. I mean, we you know, we've gone to Bitcoin and so that we can't track the money. Now we can't bring her in. Now there's not going to be any... Um, uh, keeping of the sex predator that we bring in. What about the John? We would arrest him, and then he would have to post bail. All of that now has changed here in California, and it seems like to me this is not helpful. So this is Opal Singleton. This show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity, and we are up against that break. We're going to be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You count. Tune into Interrevolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. Follow the movement. Meet guests who are shaking things up. Call in and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Helen Hillix, Todd Benton, and Chris Reeves. Interrevolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton, and uh, we are talking about a new bill that has passed here in California. And we're struggling a little bit with technology. It's on my end, uh, thanks to my buddy Spectrum here. <laughs> anyway, uh, I, was, I was talking to my producer here. It seems like there's a router problem or something, so we'll see. This show does go out to well over 100 countries, and it goes out through Voice America Variety Channel out of Phoenix. And they're just amazing people and great partners. We've been together now over two years together, hard to believe. Might even be longer than that. And uh, I so much appreciate each and every one of you that allow this show to happen. I'm always surprised. I, I, we uh, are running a jewelry program and, and uh, where you send us your old jewelry. And we have Mona Lumpkin that is a jewelry expert, and she repurposes that jewelry. And we are opening up a Million Kids Etsy store and an eBay store and uh, like that in order to be able to raise funding to support victims. So it's called New Life by Design. Uh, That's a long way of saying that uh, this week we got a bunch of jewelry from from Clifton Heights, Pennsylvania, from a listener there. And uh, I so much appreciate, Francis. Thank you very much. And uh, all the guys that are back in the fire station, back in Lenexa, Kansas, they tell us they never miss this show. They put it on there at the fire station. And I'm going to be going to Lenexa, Kansas in November. And uh, i got to get some closed-toed shoes. There we go. Anyway, all of you that support us, thank you so very much. We are talking about this new law that is out, um, and I want to just kind of give you some input on it. This one is coming from Fox News, Matt Richardson. I want to give credit where credit is due. One of the things that you have to be careful with these laws, and not particularly to this article, but so many of these articles give you a fact, but they tie opinion to it. And so you kind of have to separate the fact and the opinion. But um, basically what it's saying is the suspects awaiting trial in California now have all their bail eliminated. So let me stop a minute and explain to you. First of all, there will be no more bail bonds, people. Now, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, these are the salt of the earth kind of people, but it does put 7,000 people out of jail, or excuse me, out of uh, work. And it also means that, you know, for what they're calling a nonviolent crime, you simply go before a judge and they let you free. So basically, this is a bill that was signed by Jerry Brown. In lieu of bail, suspects will be gauged under a risk assessment system, although the details of the program, which take effect October 2019, are still not defined. So here's another bill that we voted on that nobody really knows how this is going to look. Okay, I find this really quite interesting how we've kind of slid into this proposition of, well, just give us the bill and then we will define it later. And uh, I just find that highly irresponsible and dangerous to do because who's going to define it when this happens? And of course, in this case, this bill is not voted on by the public. That's kind of like the um, bill where Proposition 57, where we did vote to get the people out. But then the idea of, and they were promised that no sex offenders would be included, but all of that changed after the vote. Suspects looking at serious violent felonies won't be eligible for release prior to trial, but the majority of suspects arrested for nonviolent misdemeanors will be let go within 12 hours of being booked. So what is happening here is, on the one hand, they're saying that for nonviolent misdemeanors, now that would include sex buyers, by the way, right now in California, will be let go within 12 hours. But then it goes on to say the bill gives officials 24 hours 
to determine whether other suspects should be released before trial. That time can be extended by 12 hours if necessary. So nobody's really saying who is who here and what is happening. In this case, uh, they're saying, you know, you can't just post bail and walk out. Now, what was happening with the bail is that, you know, you might you might appear before a judge and then they would come up to him and the judge would say, OK, you have a fifty thousand dollar bail and you would post a five thousand dollar bond with a piece of real estate. And at least somebody had something at stake to encourage you to return back to the courts. But what is going to happen here is you're, they can keep you for 12 hours. However, it looks like they can also keep you, extend that up to 24 hours and maybe even extend it another 12 hours. So what, what the justification for the bill is, California reforms its bail system so that rich and poor alike are treated fairly. So it's based on the idea that the system was really uh, not fair to um, – people who had no money, that it, that it uh, gave priority to people who were able to post bond. And there is something to that. If you couldn't post bond, then you didn't get free. So they were saying that the bail system was unfair to the poor. Each county will use some, but this is an interesting solution. This is not a statewide kind of thing. This is a statewide framework that allows each county to make their own decisions on how this is going to be implemented. So I find this interesting that this bill passed and it's affecting the entire state. Nobody nobody voted on it. Each county will use the council's framework as a basis to set its own procedures for deciding who to release before trial, potentially creating a patchwork system based on where a suspect lives. So if the argument is that if you've committed a crime and you're poor, you were being discriminated against because you couldn't post bail, what they're now saying is it depends on which county that you live when you commit that crime, whether or not you're going to be discriminated against. Senate Bill 10, the formal title of the formal title of the legislation was approved earlier this month, according to the Sacramento Bee, but it still faced significant opposition from bail industry prior to Brown signing on Tuesday. Well, the the bail industry did come out, I've read many other articles on this, and they did come out and say that they're highly disappointed in this. First of all, it puts 7,000 people out of business and closes down an entire industry. But there are many other factors here when you start to look at all of other California bills that have to be considered in how this is going to play out. For instance, what happens if you're um, arrested and you're not a legal uh, citizen, that you're an undocumented worker, and they're not even sure of your real name on there, and you only have 12 to 24 hours to get the background to find out that judge does before ready to release you. And they're not even sure if they have all the information on you. And so you don't have to post any money. And so then they start to let you go and poof, you're in the wind. They don't, you know, you you may not even be that name. And so this is really going to give priority to people who have been arrested that may not be legal citizens, documented citizens. And that may be some of what this is about because there is a large percentage of uh, people being arrested that, that are not necessarily legal systems or uh, citizens. I'm having hard, trouble talking today. Anyway, so that, that's an interesting thing to think at. How is this going to impact people who are here in California who are committing crimes that are maybe living under assumed names and, you know, they, they don't have to post anything, they have nothing to lose, and they're in the wind. Even more important, what's interesting here is what's this going to really do to our jail system? Because it puts all the emphasis on the judge to make the decision on whether or not they should be released if it's a nonviolent uh, misdemeanor. So let me explain how this works with sex uh, buyers. You know, we would go out and do, uh, not me, I'm not law enforcement, but I work with law enforcement. They would go out and do a reverse sting. 
and they would have a guy who thinks he's going to meet up with a 16 or 17 year old girl and he would arrest they would arrest them and they would have to post a significant bail so it would cost them something and they actually were booked into jail and they were held for a period of time now it is true that by the time they get to court if they had a high power attorney they could get out of it, but they were paying some significant money for doing that. And, you know, they're able to do that because that's considered a misdemeanor unless he's having some sort of sexual intercourse with a minor. But if he's just out soliciting and uh, he can he can always claim, hey, I didn't know, she said she was 18, I showed up, she wasn't. You know, people like that will have nothing to lose because there will be no bail for somebody like them. What was happening now was that they were having to come up with a thousand or two thousand or three thousand dollars in order to post bail before their hearing, and all of that has gone away. So it's an interesting time in our society what is going on here. And uh, and all these laws and how they're changing. We're kind of up against that break time here. So I'm going to ask you to stay with us. I want to go deeper into this as soon as we have our break. And then I'll be right back. Thank you much. Be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to exploited crimes against humanity if you have a question or comment please send an email to opal at millionkids.org that's o-p-a-l at millionkids.org now back to exploited crimes against humanity here again is opal singleton Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about the fact that California is the first state to eliminate bail with free, will-free, nonviolent suspects within 12 hours. Well, maybe 12, maybe 24, maybe 36. And all of this is going to be done county by county, and it's going to be based on the systems that they create. And then all the pressure is going to be on the judge. 
So I want to give you a different perspective from a different article I read. But before I do that, I want to continue on my own concerns here. Because what you're about to see here is a bill that's passed that's going to be modified county by county by county. And uh, so what you're going to see is a hodgepodge of how this is handled. More importantly, you know, you, you don't immediately get out. So I see if you think the jail is crowded now, there could be lines around the jail trying to get in. You know? <laughs> this could get, I'm making that up, but uh, you get what I'm saying is that this is going to be interesting because think of already the shortage of judges in California. And the long backlog of cases that they have. Now you have 12 hours to decide if this person should be let free. And they can extend it to 24. And it looks like in some cases they might be able to extend it another 12. So you're going to have kind of a craziness thing going on here as the court system backs up trying to determine if these people are going to get bail or not. Where are they going to get enough judges for doing that? Unless they create judges that do nothing but bail analysis. I mean, I suppose some counties could do that, bring judges out of retirement and and give them the assignment of just doing bail analysis. I don't know. Otherwise, if you put this into a very clogged system, it's going to be an interesting situation going on. The other thing that worries me a little bit, I have to tell you, is one of the advantages of, for instance, arresting sex buyers is we want to make an impact on them that this is not your father's prostitution, that these Uh, commercial sex um, enterprises are being run by gangs and cartels. They need to have a wake-up moment of what is happening, that many of these people that are in these sex crimes are not, or or sex uh, businesses, these sex rings, are not there voluntarily. Yes, there is an industry of adult women who want to sell their body or adult men who want to sell their bodies. And, you know, it is against the law, but there is that business. But what to totally turn a blind eye to the fact that there are many people out there that are being exploited and not doing this voluntarily is just a a fool's day, in my opinion. Because uh, I know I work in the business and there are many, many adults that are in the business that are not there willingly. And they're kept drugged and they have quotas and they often are moved from place to place and they're beaten and they're hit. And, you know, this is a very serious crime, let alone the fact that now, because of social media, because of gangs, many, many minors are getting in that business. So you have a sex buyer who goes out and places this ad and, you know, meets up with one of these victims, you know, they are participating in a crime, the crime of sex trafficking. If that mine, if that child person is a minor, they are in fact, without doubt, you know, they don't even have to prove force, fraud or coercion. These people are victims and a sex buyer is participating in child sex trafficking. And they need to be able to have that brought to their attention and pay a price for that. So I am very, very concerned because I'm concerned for the victim. How is this all going to work for the victim? Right now, victims will sometimes cooperate because they believe that the perpetrator is going to have to pay a price, whether it's a pimp or a sex buyer. And especially in the case of a pimp. You know, and so many of these pimps, you know, oh, I didn't, it's not me, she's doing this of her own free will, you know, this is just a misdemeanor, I was just going to have sex with her, no, I'm not really her pimp, I'm just a buyer, and, you know, on and on. And so all of this is going to have, it's going to, in fact, impact the court system, it is going to impact even the poor you know, who will be in there because maybe they're having trouble getting an attorney or, or getting defense. It will back up the jails. There will not be consistency across California on how you're treated. So uh, I can guarantee you it won't be long till uh, criminals will be crime shopping which county they want to be arrested in. And it also is, uh, in my opinion, creating a bigger loophole for the undocumented 
individual that is here that may be living below the shadows under assumed names that can't be figured out who they are in 12 hours or 24 hours will disappear in the wind and you'll never see them again. It'll be a name on a book. And so I think there's lots of problems. Now I'm going to give you a different opinion. This particular article is from the Sacramento Bee. And this is Tony Bizzak, Bizjack, I believe it is, Molly Sullivan, that's easier to pronounce, and Alexei Kosef. And this is Sacramento Bee, and they're going to give us their opinion. And I think that is important for us to hear all sides on this. Basically, what is the current law? Well, someone's arrested, the person has a constitutional right to post bail to get out of custody before standing trial. Now, that's assuming that that isn't a major felony or something like that. A bail bondsman assists with that process requiring a smaller financial commitment from the arrested individual. The fee usually is 10% for the bondsman. A third but rarely used bail option involves putting up your property in exchange for release. So if you have a much greater crime, you know, and your bail is much higher, then they may ask you to put your real estate or your family's real estate against that fact. And basically what you're guaranteeing is that you're going to show up for court. So they make it hard for you to go in the wind is the whole idea here. Those who fail to show up lose their bail money. So do bail bondsmen when someone does not show, which is why they aggressively track their their defendants. That is true. You do want to not get a bail and go in the wind. These guys, you know, they're they're pretty nasty characters, I'm sure, to get their money back. The bail amounts are established by judges in each county. Each crime carries its own bail amount. Felony bail begins at 10000 and In Sacramento, they uh, have a, a particular schedule of their own. So there always has been a you know discrepancy in how this is done between counties. But I am predicting with this new law that difference in how these uh, this law is implemented, implemented will be much, much greater. So does everyone have a right to bail? Well, no, not really. The option does not exist when a defendant is charged with a capital crime like homicide, a felony in, involving violence or sex. If the judge decides a person's release would result in greater or great bodily harm to someone, or the defendant has threatened someone. So, you know, not everybody gets out on bail. The bill eliminates the cash payment bail system and creates a risk-based pre-trial analysis that will be conducted locally. Well, that little line sounds really good until you start to just get the image of how this is going to be implemented. The, it, it basically, as I was talking about, there's a whole system that's about to be created in each separate county. Counties will establish local agencies to evaluate an individual arrested on felony charges for the person's likelihood of voluntarily returning for court hearings and the chances of rearrest. So they're saying that they're going to create an agency mm, that ought to cost a bloody fortune in each county to assess the risk of running. A person whose risk to public safety and risk of fleeing is determined to be low would be released with the least restrictive non-monetary condition possible. These conditions are not specified in the law, but might include a monitor attached to a defendant's ankle or required check-ins with authorities between hearings. Well, that's worked real well in the past. I I sound a little cynical, don't I? (laughs) Anyway, medium-risk individuals could be released or held depending on local standards. High-risk individuals remain in custody uh, until their arraignment. Or anyone who has committed certain sex crimes or violent felonies is arrested for driving under the influence for the third time in 10 years, is already under supervision by the courts, or has violated conditions of a pretrial release in previous five years. It introduces a process for prosecutors to file for preventive detention, blocking release pending blocking release pending trial if they believe no conditions would ensure public safety or the defendant's appearance. So it looks like that there is a preventive detention process. Now how that is interpreted from county to county is really something else. Basically, this is going to be created by the California Judicial Council. 
and it will conduct, uh, California is going to conduct evaluations through the courts or another public agency. So what you're talking about here is layer upon layer of bureaucracy being created and replacing the, uh, the bail system. Well, it might work. It might not. I don't know. We won't know till how all this plays out. But it is, um, it is a fascinating time in our society on how we're going after uh, criminal activity. There, basically, um, why do this? Supporters contend the current cash bail system is unsafe and unfair because. Uh, release decisions are made based on one person's bank account, not on public safety or whether the person's a flight risk. Detention decisions that are based on money and personal wealth are inherently inequitable and do nothing to keep us safer. And this is a bill that was created by Hertzberg for what it's worth. Um, I was trying to get his first name, Bob Hertzberg, Democrat of Los Angeles. And his philosophy is that, that, that the bail system is unfair to certain ethnic groups or um, financial groups that are, um, you know, that, that don't have access to bail money and that they're being singled out and they're being uh, not able to obtain the same level of justice as others. It's a fascinating thing when you go about changing laws because there are always the law of unintended consequences. And while you may gain some things, you may lose others. And it will be an interesting process to see how this plays out. Where I'm specifically concerned, quite frankly, has to do with how sex buyers are treated. One One of the things that is happening out here is people are beginning to think that needs to be a felony. Uh, and there is even a movement to call sex buying rape. I think that's a bit of a, of a uh, overextension, but it is an interesting approach. So we're up against this break here. This is Opal Singleton. The show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. And we are analyzing the new no-bail bill for California. So if you would stay with us, folks, uh, we're going to be right back. We'll finish this off. See you in a minute. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Well, hello and welcome back to Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton. I just, before we get back into this bill here, I just want to say thank you so much to each and every one of you that listen to this show and share it. They are all archived at exploitedcrimes.com. If you just go into exploitedcrimes.com and go to listen, you will see over 70 hours of free human trafficking training on all kinds of uh, articles, all kinds of uh, subjects that we do. 
And uh, each of those shows you can download, you can share them, you can record them, you can even get an embed code and put the show on your own blog, your own podcast, or, you know, on your own website if you want to do that. And there is no charge for that. We will help you. It's not as hard as it, you might think it is, by the way. And I also appreciate people that support this show financially. We can't do this without your financial support. And there are several donors who are very loyal to this. It really is about educating all of us so that we can become uh, well-informed, professionally informed on how to combat trafficking. So we're talking about this new bill that's come out. I am uh, taking a lot of this particular information from the Sacramento Bee, and these people did a really good job of uh, of analyzing this. And uh, I, you know, I. I highly recommend that you support local um, newspapers that that do take the time to do investigative journalism and give various points of view. It is very, very difficult these days to get investigative journalism, uh, such as this group that did this from Sacramento Bee. And uh, I'm very, very proud of them for doing this. I think that it's very important that you have that. So much of what is happening today is, in fact, I was just cracking up all day long. The headline says, sources say, and you go, "Who, who is the source? I mean, how can you treat that as news if it's sources say? If you're not willing to put your name on an article so we know who it is that's giving it. The other thing that's happening in so many of these articles, it starts out with a factual headline, but it's attached with a an opinion with it. I sometimes give the example that uh, you'll hear the news, and, and I hope I'm off on a tangent here, but I hope that you will think about this Um you know, what What so often happens in the news, it'll give something like um, President Trump went to Delaware. Okay, that's a fact, but, it'll, but the headline won't say that. It'll say President Trump went to Delaware because he's concerned about losing the election. Well, President Trump went to Delaware is a fact, but we don't know if he's concerned about losing the election. That's an opinion. And so I would encourage you, anytime I look at these articles, um, you know, support solid journalism, such as what is going on here with the Sacramento Bee. I'm going to give their names again. Tony Bizjack, Molly Sullivan, and Alexia Kasef, I believe it is. But I, this article is uh, going on to say, how did this bill come about? The law was uh, proposed last year, but it stalled in legislation. Brown and California Supreme Court Chief Justice Tani Cantel Sakaye, I believe, worked with proponents on refashioning the bill. The bill has the support of the Democratic gubernatorial candidate Gavin Newsom. So if you think this is a good bill, you might be for Gavin Newsom. If you think this bill is a little bit not going to go where you want to go, then you may not want to support him. It also has the uh, support of chief probation officers in California and the Judicial Council, which oversees the court system. Support coverage of breaking news here, and um, excuse me, I'm just reading a line that they have there, Uh, and, and I do go along with that, is support coverage that is honest journalism in this. Now, who's against it? The American Civil Liberties Union of California, believe it or not, sponsored the bill, initially saying it would end predatory lending practices for for for-profit bail industries. But after the revised version was unveiled, the organization dropped its support, saying that it gave too much discretion to judges to keep people locked up while they're awaiting trial. So there are, if you draw a line down the middle of the page, on one side, it does make it more fair for poor people. They can't come up with bail, they'll be able to be released. It does, you know, give a path to a judiciary system deciding whether or not uh, they are going to run or not. On the other side, it eliminates an entire industry, which, in your opinion, may not be a bad thing. If, you, if you've ever worked with a bail bondsman, you know, they can be kind of interesting, but 7,000 people will be out of, out of work with that. 
But my biggest concern is that it's going to have inconsistent appliance here as it goes across county to county. It's creating multiple agencies to assess this, and it's liable to create a huge, massive backlog as judges assess whether or not you should be free. They were uh, The ACLU is also joined by other groups that say that the prior version Uh, literally they were for that, but uh, this is the California Attorneys for Criminal Justice, defense attorneys, saying that this version creates a substantial likelihood that more people will be incarcerated pre-trial than under the law. So it does wipe out the entire industry of bail bondsmen, that is true. What is the fiscal effect of this? According to Assembly Appropriations Committee, whoa, that sounds good, the low hundreds of millions or dollars annually is where it will cost in here. They're saying at a minimum it will cost California an additional $200 million. Hello, your taxes are going up, folks. The Assembly Committee analysis says there could be millions of dollars saved annually in jail costs if fewer defendants are held before trial. However, the analysis notes that no money would be saved if county jail administrators use the bed space instead to house convicted criminals for longer periods of time. So this is like so many of these bills. We're going to have to watch it. We're going to have to watch it play out and see where it goes. We're going to have to kind of step back. On one hand, you know, depending on how your county develops this, this could be an interesting process. They could create a, an assessment agency that is very uh, swift and uh, efficient and immediately analyzes this. Uh, it's going to create, in my opinion, you better know a lot more about your, your uh, person that you're looking at. You better have access to major background checks almost immediately, because you have to do this in under 12 hours, it's going to mean a lot more judges focused on this. There's going to be maybe a, a um, you know, out-of-jail holding area for these people because the jails are full. That, that Who knows? Maybe they'll come up with a holding halfway house. We don't know how this is going to play out. But what I would caution you here is to be very careful as we create these laws, because sometimes the laws make the complication more difficult and does not protect the victim. This is Opal Singleton. The show is called Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. You can always write to me and give me your opinion on this at opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. That is opal, O-P-A-L, at millionkids.org. You can also get all of these articles posted as soon as they come out. We post new cases of, of sex trafficking and and uh, legislation and technology every three to four hours. So go to Facebook, Million Kids. Folks, this has been an interesting show. I hope that you got something out of it. Thank you for joining us. I hope that we'll see you next Thursday morning, 7 a.m. Southern California time. You folks have a great week. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.